How was your yeah. Thanksgivings? There was so much food. It was all over the place, and I ate it all. How was your Thanksgiving? There was so much food. It was all over the place. I ate it all. <laughs> no, you didn't. Okay, so this year, like we were talking earlier about it all, and heading into this year, one of the things that I was talking about was wanting to open up the house and open up the home and you know how neat it is that my family is the kind of family that has a plate that is always available if there's somebody that needs it. Yeah. And this year, there's two people that ended up coming to our Thanksgiving uh, dinner. One of them is my new house guest uh, with a, a brand new baby that's staying with Justin and I for a little while. Mm-hmm. And the other one was one of her friends who didn't have anywhere to go this year. So around our table was um, my family and then those two people and a foreign exchange student. So we kind of all evened out. Like half of us were not family blood related and half of us are blood related. And together we made one kind of cool uh, mismatched family and we had a great time together. We played games and ate food and laughed a lot. So it was it's one of my favorite Thanksgivings I've had in a, in a while. That's cool. I mean, it really is all about just kind of that getting together, spending time face to face. It's it's kind of unique in our culture of that is now not face to face. We spend so much of our time connecting to each other, you know, through digital spaces like this. To have like because you're over there, like this, because <laughs> I'm in Michigan and you're in Missouri. That's right. Uh, that that we don't have those moments, except on holidays. It seems like where we're all in the same room, and it's so crazy and crazy cool to be up here with. This is Jen's side of the family, my wife's side of the family, and it's her mom. Her mom's two sisters and brother, their entire family, so all their kids, and then all the kids' kids now. So it's like three generations. I mean, it's becoming a family reunion is what it is. So, you know, there's 100 people or what. Oh, my goodness. How many people? That's an, ex- that's an exaggeration. How many people I, do you have there, though, for real? It sounds like it's massive. Uh, it is massive. Um, okay, so there's... Quick count. Quick count. I'm trying. Estimate. Trying. Estimate. Stop. Stop. Uh, okay. <laughs> Like, there are 12 no, people. No, there's at least 70. <gasps> For real? All eating at yeah. the same time? Yeah. yeah. How we, many we, bathrooms we, do you guys have? We, we go to a church gym. Like, we, we go to... You go the, to the bathroom we, in the church gym? That is <laughs> not <yeah>. okay. <laughs> it is not okay. We, we all just drive. <laughs> it's a couple blocks away when anybody has to go. <laughs> they just they just go over to the church. <laughs> the church doesn't know what's going on. They're like, man, every Thanksgiving, oh, oh, vandals come in here. We have no idea. That's disgusting. It is. So uh, but hey, are, you got to do what you got to do. You guys have to get together in a gym. Like yeah, we had, I think, let, let me count real quick. One... Three, four, five. Nine. <laughs> That's plenty. We had nine this year. We have had big ones in the past where there was maybe 25 people, mm-hmm. which yeah. seems huge. And it is huge. It's a lot of people to feed at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but you, you're going to win, hands down. So, so my wife's mom, so my kid's grandmother, her sister's daughters has twin daughters. Okay, so I think those are second cousins, maybe? I, don't, I got lost already. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, there's a, there's twin daughters. They both announced they're pregnant. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> At Thanksgiving dinner. So, yeah. Aw, so, that's and fun. One, one of them already has a newborn. And then three other of the families have, like, little babies and kids. I mean, it's just like... What, it's just like we keep multiplying. It's weird like that. Reproduction is happening. It's in the Bible. Be fruitful and <laughs> multiply. 
We took that literally. You guys are doing a good job. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. It is weird to not be in the same room with you, though, because we have a good time doing our show. Yeah. Usually in the same space. I thought it'd be cool to connect this way just to kind of chat a little bit about this archive episode that we're playing for the podcast today because it's shorter because we used to do half hour episodes, not an hour. When we went live, we went to an hour format. And uh, so it leaves us a little space to kind of chat, but uh, I figured we'd catch up a little bit and maybe talk about a couple movies that have come out recently and then uh, play the archive episode. Um, And that way, you know, kind of get a little bit new, a little bit old. See, if you were in the same room, I could be giving you this weird eye, like, you're rambling about a little bit here, a little bit there. <laughs> but but here now, I just get to sit back and let you just go. And you just go and go. Is that is that freeing for you? It is. It's wonderful. Like a, I'm nice, over here I'm sure. doodling in a notebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, you ready to shoe a dough, then? Let's shoe a dough. All right. Well, let's start with uh, a couple movies that came out this week. And you get to just, like, ask questions if you want to. Um There was a Pixar movie that came out and a Rocky movie that came out. And uh, I'll start with the Rocky movie because I want I want to talk about the good dinosaur, the Pixar movie, as we go into this archive episode, because it's where we review uh, a Pixar movie. We review Brave uh, back several years ago. That was a fun episode. It was a very fun episode, and uh, I'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a second. But I have to say, and this one can be really quick, I was not expecting another Rocky movie to be great, but this movie is great. Wait, Creed is a great movie. Wait, 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 wait. A Rocky movie? Like Rocky Balboa, whatever? That guy? Yeah, I think it's more dun 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 But yeah, yeah, that guy. But that's the same song. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, good call, good call. So indeed, that is the same song. Well done. Yeah, Uh, I just, Mm -hmm. I just had to get there. That's That's okay. That's okay. We've, (laughs) we've got a little bit of time here. So it's a Rocky movie because when you said that you saw Creed, I, I had no idea what you're talking about. Was it you that asked me? Because I've told several people I saw it. Was it you that asked me if I went to a the concert? Like I went and saw the band. I I admit that I thought that, but I didn't say that. No. I was like, why? Why are you going to see Creed? Are they even still touring? Creed the movie. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So you said that you didn't expect to like it, but you did like it. So obviously, I think it's a great movie. Really? Yeah. It follows uh, Apollo Creed, who was the boxer that Rocky boxed in. I think two and three. Uh, a little bit, and then also the boxer who lost his life to the Russian in Rocky IV. Uh, and it follows his son, who was born just after his dad died, after Apollo Creed died, as his son wants to pursue boxing, and so he seeks out Rocky and you know convinces him to train him, and then kind of you know what happens from there, which sounds very basic, but they do a really good job of dev- developing these characters and these emotions. I just Googled it, and it's like a movie poster. You know, it says, Creed, your legacy is more than a name. You yeah. know, like Michael B. Jordan. So Michael Jordan's in this. Um, and then Sylvester Stallone, right? And then it's yeah. got the picture of Sylvester, like, holding uh, the other guy's shoulder. And this guy's arm. <laughs> this guy's arm is, like, super chiseled. I yeah. can't even believe that that's a, like, can muscles do that? That is He's crazy. A- I mean, come on. You've seen The Rock before. I mean, you know muscles can do stuff like that. I mean... But this seems particularly... This is like a <laughs> twisted pretzel, you know? Wow. Yeah. Uh, he is He is, He is. is uh, ripped in this movie. Michael B. Jordan's a great actor. He's one of my favorites. 
Uh, he's been kind of on a slow streak. He, I mean, he had a lot of stuff open up for him recently, but he was in Fantastic Four, the awful Fantastic Four movie that just came out. Yeah, he we, was, uh, we blame you for making me watch that one still to this day. <laughs> he was he was the Human Torch. <laughs> yeah, okay. in that. And, uh, and did he do good he, in this one? He does. Oh, good? he's so great. He's mm-hmm. so good. Uh, and that's what I was getting ready to say is they do such a great job with the characters and the relationships in this movie. Uh, both my wife and I were bawling. I mean, just bawling at a couple points. Were you holding each other? <laughs> we were, we were like... sobbing in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is really good. And, um, there's some really beautiful metaphors here about fighting, uh, choosing to fight, not in the ring. Like when so, life starts getting you, you know, how do you choose to fight? And how is do you it do that? graphic? No, it's it's actually a lighter PG thirteen. Uh, the boxing violence is okay. So I should I should restate: if you're sensitive to boxing violence, then yes, it's graphic. Okay. Uh, if but it's not like it was funny because somebody yesterday said, you know, are the blood and guts bad? And I went. Guts? guts? I don't know that there's going to be any guts it's in a boxing a, movie. That's a, a really that's a really bad boxing movie. <laughs> if there's blood and guts. Wow. Um so but there is blood. There's plenty of blood, but and there's there's really only a couple swear words and so I think it's mostly just for the the boxing violence which does get intense. In the news in this very moment, Creed, mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan plays Carl Weathers' son in parody poster. Wait, that's not what I meant to read. <laughs> Where did the other one go about how it was catching up to the dinosaur? Yeah, it it, it is giving the good dinosaur a run for its money. Which is surprising because uh, the good dinosaur being, you know, Pixar. I got to tell you, I have some ideas about why the good dinosaur is going to be a little bit of a step down for Pixar. There's some there's some real psychological hurdles to people wanting to go see this movie. And I felt it firsthand when we were talking about going to see it today, because I just saw it. We just came back from it with the family, uh, with some of the families that are here. And the, a lot of them didn't really care to go see it. Even some of the kids I, were like, yeah. you know, I don't really need to see this. I and know. I, and I think I get it. I think I understand what it is. Can I tell I th- you what I think it is? Sure. It's pro- you're probably the same, in the same boat as me. Go ahead. Oh, well, then go ahead. No, no, no. I want to hear what you have to say. Dinosaurs aren't real. <laughs> Anymore. Nope, Anymore. Nope, we're not in the same boat. <laughs> Anymore. We are in the same boat? No, I said we're not in the same boat. Because I was pretty sure dinosaurs are real. No, okay, but, no, they're know. not. They're, they're, they're gone now. So it's like you're seeing this little, you know, well, That's kid. like saying Albert Einstein isn't real. <laughs> okay, I guess I should say. I guess I should have said it. I guess I should have a little different, like, <laughs> dinosaurs are no longer on the planet. That is true. And so that they're kind true. of like an imagination thing. Because, like, for me... And for everyone, really, dinosaurs are all in your imagination until you go to a like a museum and you see uh-huh. their bones in real life. And then all of a sudden you get it. Like the first time that I saw a Triceratops um, skull, I had a serious moment. This was in uh, I was in my late 20s. I had a serious moment where I was like, oh, my goodness, that thing is huge <laughs> <laughs> because you would see them in books and you read about these mammoth creatures and, you know, all this stuff. And you see him in Jurassic Park or whatever, and it's like, whoa, that was really awesome. But it's all in your imagination because you don't have anything to really gauge it by until you right. go to a museum and you right. see them for real. And you're like, oh, my goodness, this thing was really on the planet. And the skull I was looking at was like an like an adolescent. 
it wasn't even a full grown dinosaur. Yeah. You know, and then I turn around and there's a, you know, T-Rex and that was, it's just mind boggling stuff. But anyhow, whenever I see any kind of like dinosaur movie, for me, it's like an imagination adventure. It's not sure. something that's a real place. It's something that you're just doing because, yeah, dinosaurs were they're 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 kind of a fun playground. Um, but people don't mind seeing imagination movies. Like people go to movies that aren't real all the time. Like I, you know, I don't think that's keeping people away. Do you? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess because I've just dinosaur movies. Listen, Littlefoot ruined every dinosaur movie for me. That's what it comes that's, down to. That's where I would go. That's that is what I think the issue is. I think the issue is we have seen this animated story so many times before how many land before times are there disney itself just did dinosaur you know uh, i granted it was a decade ago or whatever but you know how many times do we need to see the dinosaur has to find its way home movie you know is and that what this is i don't even it, know what no. it is. well i mean i mean it is but it's it's not there are definitely things about it that make it different than those movies like really important things uh-huh. But you can't tell that from the marketing. Yeah. And so I think I think psychologically people see this and they go, I've already seen it. Well, here, when you when I said that I have a problem because Littlefoot, Littlefoot ruined it for me, I wasn't talking about because they made so many movies. I'm talking about because I can't see another Littlefoot mom die. I just can't. It's too <laughs> much for me. That that scene in that movie will forever haunt me. I, yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I was saying. I'm right well, now looking at two stuffed dinosaurs. I'm talking to you... I'm realizing there's dinosaurs everywhere in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they're part of. Oh, those are dragons. For sure. Those count. Those count as dinosaurs, right? I don't know. I don't, I know. don't think so. Yeah, I they... think that's a totally different category. Okay, so dragons for me are more realistic than dinosaurs. Apparently, <laughs> I'm just like dragons it's are like, real. <laughs> it's like counting. It's like counting wolves as dogs. I think you well, know it'd be like counting dragons as, as dinosaurs. Well, in you know, dragons are kind of dinosaurs. But that's they're true. Different. That's true. I see what you're saying um, here. So anyway, I think that's why people aren't flocking to this movie, even though it's Pixar, is because psychologically they feel like they've been there and they don't need to see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's actually an element of truth to that. I was disappointed a little bit in this movie. Now, being disappointed in a Pixar movie is, you know, it's it's still a great movie. I mean, it's emotional. It's beautiful. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, And what's interesting is we go into playing this brave review that we did, which, by the way, we did it with uh, Jeremy Scott, who is now CinemaSins. Uh, That's the other voice that you'll hear uh, in this review. It's amazing how similar my review of The Good Dinosaur is going to be to my review of Brave. I Mm. mean, it mirrors it in so many ways. It's a gorgeous movie that's a little bit of a letdown because you expect Pixar to do so much better, you know, story-wise. There are many things we've seen before in other movies. You know, all these points... That, w- that we end up making in this Brave review that you're about to hear, I would make about the good dinosaur as well, which is, I think, a really interesting thing. Okay, question for you. Sure. For those who are going to be going to the movies tonight or tomorrow, mm-hmm. which would you have them go to? Creed. Really? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Wow, that was fast. I thought that it would be a little bit more of a fight. No, it's not. And it's not that The Good Dinosaur is bad. It's that Creed is that good. Mm. It's a really good movie. Wow. I yeah, didn't really expect good. to want to go see a boxing movie. I think you'll like it. I, I do think, I know when you mentioned about the the violence or the blood or whatever, uh, when I finally clicked over what you're talking about was when I put myself in your head. Uh, because I know that you are sensitive to a lot of that kind of stuff. So there yeah. will be those moments I think that you'll you know kind of turn away. Okay, okay, okay. Going back to the boxing movie now. Just yeah, quick, yeah, just sure. quick question. 
when it comes to violent scenes, what I usually do is close my eyes or look away. That's kind of what I do. Mm -hmm. But you still hear the sounds. In some movies, the sounds are almost way worse. (laughs) Do you remember how the sounds are in this one? I do. Actually, because it's one of the things I loved about the movie is the sound design is so different than any boxing movie I've seen. There's none of that, like, crunching kind of thing that they do in the fight movies. Yeah. Um, It feels a lot more naturalistic and real. Uh, which in some ways is better because it doesn't sound so graphic. In some ways is worse because it sounds more real. Ah. So, um, so they went to a boxing ring and then just put up a whole bunch of microphones that had people beat each other up to kind make, of. yeah, I mean, it kind of, it kind of feels that way. I, and I have to tell you the first fight in this movie, the first like actual fight, uh, boxing match that Michael B. Jordan is in, um, is really creatively shot. I think it's all done in like, as if it were one take. And to shoot a boxing match that way is kind of mind-blowing, but I think it, it, it really works. So there are mm. those moments in this movie like that where you go, they were really they were thinking about this. So at the end of the movie, both movies, you kind of think back, you're like, oh, different camera angles um, mm-hmm. and different scenes that are shot beautifully. But you mentioned, too, that The Good Dinosaur is beautiful, too. It's, oh, it's gorgeous. Is it? Oh, the water effects alone in The Good Dinosaur are amazing like it's just what pixar does with you know cg uh, yeah it's just incredible it's i i'm always in awe of what they do uh and it absolutely is is beautiful which movie has more eating in it because i'm right now hungry (laughs) and i'm just thinking about what i want to eat so it's interesting you mentioned that because i actually i actually thought there's some okay, so there's eating throughout the good dinosaur because you know he's trying to uh, survive. I'm not going to give a lot of plot away, but it is a dinosaur. You know he's trying to find his way home and he's trying to uh, survive. But um, what's really interesting in the good dinosaur is it's kind of there are a couple moments where the reality of survival are kind of graphic. Really, like it's yeah, like finding food from an animal source. You know, really? it's, it's just, yeah, it's kind of interesting because you wouldn't and, think that because, you, you know, in the previews that I've seen, which I hate watching previews, but in the, some mm-hmm. of the previews that I've seen, it's like, you know, you've got like, he's got little flat teeth. He doesn't have like sharp teeth. Right. Because the dinosaur himself is a vegetarian. It's right. the human, it's the human in this movie that oh. is. So basically here's, here's what the premise is. And this isn't, I mean, this, this is not a spoiler. This is just the premise is that the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs missed Earth. And so dinosaurs have become a highly evolved species that can think and talk and oh. create communities. Okay. And, and so, and then humans are just now coming starting to the place, to starting evolve. to be on the planet. Yeah. And oh. so they're, they're still animals. So humans are still animalistic. So we're learning the from the dinosaurs? Yes. Huh. Well, yeah. So it's, it's a really interesting... Kind of take and like I that's what I'm saying. The movie itself is very like it. It turns some stuff on its head in a way that you wouldn't necessarily expect. But they uh, really but again, they in any of the previews that I've happened to accidentally see, that's not right. really what's shown, right? Like that's just not. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and they also do this beautiful thing. The movie is really kind of a western. It's set up as if like the dinosaurs are in their like 
the age of the Western. And so, you know, they're on the prairie and they're, you know, rustling dinosaurs like cowboy dinosaurs, which are the T-Rexes. And it's kind of interesting because when they run, it's almost like they're riding horses. It's it's kind of it's kind of interesting in that way. Uh, so you can tell that there was some real thought that went into it, and I, which doesn't surprise me because it's Pixar and they're really clever. But again, if you just watch the previews, you think, oh, I've seen this movie before. And I think that's why, again, why people aren't flocking to it. Well, it looks like right now The Good Dinosaur, as of this moment, is getting about 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it has a 60% on Metacritic. Let's see what the Creed is doing, or Creed, rather. 8.9 out of 10 on IMDb, 92% Rotten Tomatoes, and 81% on Metacritic. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Like I said, of the two, uh, that's why I had no hesitation. Um, again, I think The Good Dinosaur is a good movie. Right. It's not even a slightly great movie. You know, but Aaron, it's just... you don't have to feel bad about betraying Pixar. <laughs> betraying Pixar, no! <laughs> As I sit in the studio and look upon your, what I will call... Um, okay, what's the thing where you go up to altar? It's like your Pixar shrine. altar. My yeah, shrine. it's like your shrine to Pixar. That reminds me, I should say the, uh, the short that plays before this movie mm-hmm. uh, is a really interesting little piece about a son of a either Hindu or Buddhist father okay. and how the son relates to his dad's religion through his own Saturday morning cartoons. And it's this oh, really... Weird introspective huh. religious piece that I think, uh, I that think many people curious. will find some, yes, find some kind of deep meaning in. Whoa. So. I would like to see that. Can I Google it already or do I have to go to the theater? <laughs> I mean, you probably have to go to the theater. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go see the movie. <laughs> uh, I can't believe I betrayed Pixar. I feel like, I feel like Littlefoot's mom is dying all over again. Uh... And I can't do anything to stop it. It's okay. It's okay. I think if anyone watches your YouTube video reviews, which are at yourmoviefriend.com, uh, mm. you can see them there. They will yeah. know that you are a huge Pixar fan. In fact, I have a friend that came over to the studio today. We're looking at uh, potentially kind of changing some things up, and I'm getting a professional opinion on how we can look at organizing the studio and, and you know getting some new stuff. And um, it was likened to a, a child's nursery. <laughs> It's so true. Because it's oh, just like so these true. blue stripes and all these Pixar characters. And, and yep. I realized because now we have a baby at the house. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have a house guest and she's got a, mm-hmm. a two month old. And so we're looking at all these different ways to set up a baby room and all this I know. stuff. And all I, just, I need is, I all move I need is the, a crib. Yeah. I want to move the couch and just scoot over a crib and then <laughs> good to go. Good to go. What what is the the like just a crib with a little mo- mobile mobile in it? yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you don't even need uh, that because there's so much stuff to look at the child yeah. would be apparently entertained for for years and years to come <laughs> well it's it's really interesting again because we have this exact conversation in the the archive podcast you're about to hear about Pixar and really? how yeah and how when they're disappointing it's doesn't mean it's a bad movie it's just because we have such high expectations for their movies especially in a year when Inside Out came out and just blew everybody away. Yeah. You know, so, and this is something they've never experienced because this is the first time in their history they've had two movies come out in the same year. So they're experiencing kind of a new thing here with a movie this close to another movie. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. 
But that's yep. because you're the one that knows all the stuff, and I get to learn it. So you think we should uh, think we should play the podcast then? Let people hear it. Yeah, we're gonna do a replay, as Aaron mentioned before, of our review of Brave, which we're gonna play right here, right now, and then we'll be back on our normal schedule next week. So be sure to tune in for uh, the talk show live on Tuesdays and Fridays at noon central. One of the things that uh, I love in this that you can listen for towards the end, uh, Danae, you go into a little bit of conversation about your mom and you and how the movie Brave uh, impacted you and your relationship uh, to your mom. And I thought that was really, really neat, really deep. And I love that we can do that. I love that even when we talk about pop culture, like there are those moments where we get to go a little bit deeper. And so uh, you can listen for that, too, because I thought it was really good. Something else about me is that um, apparently I had an emotional experience in the podcast and I've already blocked it. So <laughs> you have no idea. I remember parts of this podcast. I'm going to enjoy listening it, uh, listening to it with you guys. And uh, thanks again for your support of this show. Yeah, absolutely. Go to Patreon.com/slash/Aaron and Danae to keep it going. Uh, whatever monthly gift you can give means the world to us, and we fully appreciate it. Uh, now I have to go visit the ter- church gym a couple blocks yeah. uh, down the road because <laughs> I had a lot of food yesterday, and it's, it's just all it's all coming to a head. So. Ew. I want to know that (laughs) here's the podcast shoe the dough is a podcast by aaron and danae they both live in springfield missouri where uh the weather changes really fast all the time sometimes it's raining and sometimes it's hailing and sometimes it's um bright and sunshine outside but um, most of the time it's really perfect uh am ready jeremy do you have an iphone no i have an android yeah you do yeah, I do. Why? Well, I'm just watching Danae play the Smurf game on her Stop iPhone. It. <laughs> it's not available on Android? I hope not. <laughs> I found it. I finally found it. What did you find, Handy? I found my plans for the old dam. Apparently, Clumsy was using them as a coaster. Golly, sorry about that, Handy. It sure was a Smurfy picture to look at when I was drinking my Smurf berry juice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a Smurf called Handy? Yeah, there sure is. You build stuff. Oh, right, yeah. right. Yes, oh, he, not Hansy. No, no, no. Sorry. That's, <laughs> that's a whole different Smurf. It's very different. Yes, it is. All right, so you guys ready to shoe a dough? I'm ready to shoe a dough. All right. We are joined once again by uh, our friend Jeremy Scott, uh, who we love to have join us to talk about movies. He's a fellow movie lover, and it is... Pixar time. Uh, if you know anything about me, have checked any of my uh, videos or profile pictures, you know that I am a Pixar nut. So uh, is like a national holiday at my house, Pixar Day. We get the whole family and we go to the movie and we have a good old time. That movie this time was Brave. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Pixar's latest Brave and uh, what we thought of it and uh, whether or not it lives up to the amazing standards that uh, Pixar has st- set over time. And Jeremy, you're the special guest, so you get to start us off. What would you think of Brave? This is the movie that, that's going to kill my Pixar traditions. I guess Cars 2 didn't help. But I used to see every single one opening day, and I, I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. I was really disappointed, ultimately. If you want a longer version, I can give it to you. But well, we'll get know. in. We'll get into some more of the the deep stuff. I think it's I think it's good to just kind of start off with our general feelings. So you were disappointed, Danae. How about you? I liked it. it actually, I liked it quite a bit, just because for me, Pixar is just not going to hit a lot of deep levels for me. But this one was a mother-daughter relationship. So obviously being a a daughter, I could kind of relate to some of the 
anger and anguish the main characters had. So I, I overall really enjoyed it. For me, I was a little disappointed, not as disappointed as Jeremy. Uh, in fact, I still think it's a great movie, but I have such high expectations for Pixar that I bring those into the film, and I did leave a little disappointed uh, just on that level. Now, this will be interesting then. Yeah, no, I wasn't expecting, I wasn't, Jeremy, I wasn't expecting to hear that you were that disappointed, and Danae, I did want to hear Danae's thoughts, and I guess maybe we'll start there, because it, the theme is very much mother-daughter, it's a feminine right. hero, heroine for the first time Pixar's ever done that, and so I guess it would be only fitting that, Danae, you start us off talking about that. How did that affect the movie? How did that affect your enjoyment of it? I think one of the things going against the movie from the very beginning is just how much the media had already, you know, really braved it up for me. So going in, I kind of was like, I kind of had already created this movie in my head of what it was going to be like. So I cleared all of that out and just watched it. So I really didn't expect that kind of relationship. I didn't know what to expect, uh, but I certainly didn't expect to have a mother-daughter relationship movie. It is going to be difficult to talk about this movie ultimately without kind of going into spoiler territory. I was going to say that, that I'm going to have a really hard time not doing spoilers on this one. So, so. do we worry? What do you think, Jeremy? Do we worry about that? What do we do? I, I mean, the spoilers I want to talk about are in the first half of the movie. And, and I think the big twist that I've been reading everybody talking about, whether they liked it or not, is you know, halfway or a little before that. So I don't feel like it's a true spoiler in that you don't really ruin the movie. But yeah. I can dance around it if you want. My inclination is to just be straightforward, and it's a big part of the reason I was disappointed. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought up the whole movie spoiler thing because I think that um, you know, it, it being Pixar, you know, it's not like a, a an adult movie or something where we're like, yeah, someone's really going to enjoy this movie. This is a kids' movie in general, so I say let's just blow it out of the water and talk about it. Oh, that that kind of hurts me though. When you talk about Pixar just being like kids movie, like that's I've always loved them because they make adult movies that kids can enjoy. That's how what I've always felt about Pixar until Cars 2. I felt that way. So I'm sorry I insulted you. No. I'm sorry I stabbed you in the heart. <laughs> Your Pixar heart. <laughs> no. Uh, the spoilers is this. Uh, the mother of our lead character turns into a bear. That's kind of the central plot point, And much of the movie revolves around what happens after that. And it's a big part of the metaphor, too, in my mind, of mother-daughter relationships and how daughters see their mothers as they're growing up. And I really, that was actually one of the things I really loved about the movie was that metaphorical idea of your mom's a bear and you can't stand her and you can't put up with her. And until you find, you know, that common ground or that ability of, you know, to forgive and to, you know, move on, uh, that's how you're going to view her. I really did enjoy that part. I did too. In fact, I mean, if, if I'm going to praise the movie for its good parts, it was pretty tied up in that mother-daughter relationship, specifically the sort of um, wordless storytelling with relationships that Pixar is just phenomenal at, like the first few minutes of Up. And there are two moments in this movie. There's a beginning montage that shows sort of how bossy the mother is and all the things that she commands. And then there's a montage after the whole transformation into a bear where they're sort of teaching her how to fish. And I thought both of those were really powerful, really uh, earnest uh, moments that I really enjoyed. So I, th- I thought all that stuff was really good. The fishing moment was one of my favorite moments in the movie. I, I loved the the way that was done and the emotion of, of that, you know, those moments. And it was, it was one of those moments where that character uh, of the mother as the bear felt the most real to me. For some, other, for some reason, many other times in the movie, I got taken out of that, you know, just for, mm. for moments. It just, it felt like, 
I don't know. It, it felt like old school kind of Disney animals talking. It just didn't feel real to me in some of those moments. Well, that's my that's my primary complaint is that this is this feels like the most Disneyfied movie that Pixar has ever made. And, you know, I could start with the fact that we've already had a Disney movie in my lifetime where people turn into bears and learn lessons. And so <laughs> that alone sort of annoyed me as a plot device. But the whole thing felt very Disney to me. That opening montage where she goes out to shoot her arrows and ride on her horse felt like something out of Pocahontas or Mulan with the way that the song played over the background and, and sort of the way that, quote-unquote, camera shots worked. It just, it just felt very old-school classic Disney, which I guess is right up some people's alley. But for me, I've always seen Pixar as, as sort of above that level. So for both of you, did it feel like it just wasn't unique enough? Like Pixar usually hits this particular bar and it just didn't get get there because it took on a more uh, blasé storytelling. I'm trying to figure well, out like why it fell so short. I guess I don't really, I don't know. Well, again, I will, I will restate. I think Jeremy... Uh, has a, a much is much more disappointed by than this this than I was. I think it's a great movie. Like I really enjoyed it uh, in a lot of ways. There were some things that I was disappointed by, and I think we're kind of focusing on those because you know we're kind of going there first. But there were many things I loved about this movie. The, the, it's gorgeous. It looks amazing. Yeah, that's it's one beautiful. thing right off the bat. It may be the most beautiful animated movie ever made. For sure. And maybe that's kind of sure. what their focus was instead of like a you know, a deep story or something unique. and But that's not Pixar. Their focus is story, story, story. At least it always has been. See, and that's where, see, that's where it loses me. And don't let me drag your podcast down into, you know, 30 minutes of negativity because I'm happy to talk about the positives. But I felt like they didn't, they weren't slaves to the story on this one. I feel like a lot of the, the, the mother-daughter relationship feels very Pixar to me. It feels very right. And I feel like they filled in the rest of the movie by pulling things out of the Disney file cabinets they could find. Um, and so, I, I don't know, I, mean, I guess I expected Pixar's first female main character to be a little more unconventional uh, than she's a princess who doesn't really want to be a princess or doesn't want to marry the guy her parents are forcing her to marry. I've seen that a million times. And the point of conflict between mother and daughter, I wish, would have been something else because around their relationship, which felt very realistic, there were a lot of things I was rolling my eyes at uh, with that regard. I, the, the other part of this is this is the first like Pixar movie made by non-Pixar people too. Mm, yeah, none of the big names were involved in this. You don't have you know Andrew Stanton or Brad Bird or Lasseter or you know none of those guys or Pete Doctor. You know none of those right. guys were involved in this directing or writing or anything. And so it's a first-time Pixar director, first-time Pixar writers, and the writers that wrote this movie are from the Disney you know, kind of writer's guild, you know, so maybe that, maybe that has a lot to do with it. I feel like, I feel like it was more predictable than I've come to expect. Uh, but you're right. At the end of the day, it's, it's, I still think better than, you know, any other studio's animated product. And of course that's the reviews that you're reading on it. And, you know, it's a, it's a B plus a minus, not as good as Pixar's usual movies, but better than, you know, DreamWorks. And I guess the problem for me is that I, I don't think that's good enough anymore. I can go to DreamWorks to get that kind of film and, and I don't know, I, when well, I, I remember seeing Up and Wally and just not knowing what to expect. And everything in this movie felt telegraphed to me, at least plot-wise. There was never a, a, a moment in the movie that surprised me. I think, uh, you know, the DreamWorks comparison will only hold up for so long because they made How to Train Your Dragon, which I think right. is a better movie set in the same 
realm, you know, right. Scotland, medieval Scotland, than this movie is. A much better movie than this is. I agree. I agree. And that was made by DreamWorks, you know, who's yeah. kind of figuring some of that storytelling stuff out. So, you know, you're absolutely right, though. It does it does follow your normal story plot line. And I think, like, having been in it and not knowing what to expect and now, like, coming out of it, I can actually see what you're saying. That I wasn't really surprised by anything um, except for the surprise of it, oh, this is about a mother-daughter relationship. Because, you know, sometimes the princess movies are about the relationship with a guy or something like that. And so um, I actually kind of liked that they turned it into a family-type scenario where your family accepts you. And I think that that's really going to be a good theme for a lot of young people to connect with is trying to turn back in and connect with your family, which is one of the things I really appreciate about the movie is that if you're a young person, you leave there wanting something with your mom or wanting something with your parent or a parent type person. And um, I think that's a really valuable thing to be thinking about, uh, as, you know, in this day and age, whenever it's just not that common of a theme. The uh, the other uh, the other thing about the plot is that there is n- there's not much, uh, and this again has to do with seeing where everything is going. But there's there's just not much dramatic tension to it. You, like you, there's no like I never once really thought she was going to turn into Angry Bear and eat her daughter. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, and I never you know really I mean? thought that the husband was going to kill you know the bear mom. Right. You know. Right. So, well, there was never any doubt that she was going to turn back. That they were going to heal their relationship. The you know what the mystical person in the movie told the daughter that she misunderstood until the climax I, I i saw coming a mile away you know i just feel like i wasn't aware exactly how removed from the pixar family a lot of the makers of this film were but maybe maybe that's part of the part of the disconnect i had with it my son one of my sons i should say looked at me um right towards the beginning when the, when she gives that instruction about you you must mend the you know whatever yeah. to whatever he looks at me he goes uh, Dad, why doesn't she understand? She means mend the relationship. <laughs> right. right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, that's my that's my nine year old. You know, it's like yeah. you know. So yeah, so it's all it's all right there. And it, at the end of the day, that doesn't make it awful. At least in my opinion, it just it just again doesn't live quite up to. Like, there's no way this is even comparable to Toy Story three or to Up or to Ratatouille or right. you know to just these classic Pixar or Incredibles. You know, or Finding Nemo. Right. Uh, it just it doesn't stand on that top tier. I think it's better than the Cars movies. I, I would agree. I would agree with that. And it's probably somewhere if I'm if I'm trying to rank them off the top of my head. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it, that. Put it kind of in the Pixar canon. It's in for the you. bottom three or four for me. I, I would put Cars, Cars two, and probably Bugs Life down there for me. You know, it's nowhere near the Incredibles, Finding Nemo, Ratatouille, Wally Up. You know, the ones that I. I thought were so outside the box, and yeah, I read a review that said, you know, this movie's good. It was a it was a positive review, but it said this is sort of what it feels like when your straight A student comes home with a B. And that's right. That's exactly it. I think that's a good point, and it it's just hard for me to talk about how disappointed I am without sounding like I'm bashing it. It's good. Um, it's just not the greatness I've come to expect, and you know that that I guess stayed with me more than the things I enjoyed. I also think they. Like comedically, I, I was a little bit offended a couple of times, not morally, but the easy jokes they went for that are DreamWorks Shrek jokes for me, like burping and the key moment with a woman's bosom playing a role in, in the action. And I just felt like those were moments where Pixar usually found a better way to tell that story. And here they, they we, just defaulted to there were two burp jokes in that movie. And I was like, what? Seriously? We also have we also have our first Pixar nudity. 
Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In two cases of it. Uh-huh. Largely harmless, but I, it's funny It's funny that that doesn't stand out to me the way the other things did, but... Well, but it is the same kind of thing, and the guy, you know, lifting is. up his kilt, you know, to, you know, taunt the other people. It is very... Yeah. It is much more juvenile than uh, I'm used to Pixar defaulting to, and I, I think that, I, here, you know, this is what I do. I rationalize any p- decision I don't like about Pixar, and I find a way to make it this genius thing. Um, <laughs> But I do, I do wonder if maybe that was intentional based on how they felt the culture of medieval Scotland was, that it was more, you know, a barbaric culture. And so, you know, but at the end of the day, you're playing it for yucks. So it's, you know, I'm just thinking about my nephew and how he's probably going to leave that movie. And remember when that, that kid fell into that lady's dress? That was hilarious. I just, it's not a moment as, as a potential future father that I really relish talking about with my kid. And it, it's such a cheap laugh, comedically speaking. Yeah. No, yeah, I, that I one agree. I didn't laugh at. I did laugh at several other parts, but I don't remember any of them. I can tell you that the biggest humor for me comes from the three little boys. Yeah. You mean the, Huey, Dewey, and Louie? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Again, see, there you go. It's a little, they were great. They were hilarious, but they weren't exactly original, were they? No, not exactly, but they were a lot of fun. And they were fun. They were a bright spot for and, sure. And that, that was where a lot of the humor came from. And I, and I think, um, oh, was it Billy Connolly who played the dad? Uh, wow. Who did the voice? Maybe. That makes sense, but I don't, I don't know who played the dad. I think he did the voice of the dad, and I thought his performance was really, really good. And I did yeah. enjoy uh, some of the clan stuff. You know, some of the surrounding stuff I thought was really funny, and those characters were could have uh, were interesting but could have been more compelling like they were interesting but i never felt like they mattered all that much in the end no because really ultimately they didn't the the younger generation didn't shine until the decision had been made that they were going to be breaking tradition and then they speak up for the first time and suddenly have a voice i did like the kid that mumbles so much you never knew what he was saying (laughs) yeah yeah and that was clever you know that's not necessarily something you've you've seen a million times that scottish accent that is traditionally hard to understand i thought that was funny so let's uh, let's talk about best thing, worst thing, and uh, we will start with worst thing, so we can finish with with best thing. And Jeremy, since you hate the movie so much, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you start us off with your worst thing? My my worst thing is that this felt more like an animated Disney film from the past twenty years than a progressive story centered Pixar film. The worst thing for me is it didn't feel like a Pixar movie. I think that's fair, Danae? One of the things that I didn't like was the the final scene at the end after all of the um, credits. I was disappointed with it. I was like, man. There was I, a post-credit scene? Yeah, there was a post-credit scene. I did not stay for I this. didn't either. <laughs> oh, there was? Yes, there was a post-credit scene. And, and I really, I wanted. What a role reversal. Last time I it was you in the Avengers that didn't stay. <laughs> I was like, I, I told I told my parents, because I went with my, my husband and my parents. And I told them, I was like, I'm not letting this happen ever again. We're staying for the whole thing. <laughs> and there was, there was a little teaser there. And I mean, it was kind of like, oh, that's that's kind of cute. But I actually, I wanted more from that. So I, I guess that's still telling for the rest well, of the movie. What was it? Yeah, you uh, got to tell us. It was uh, the the gentleman that had his mustache half cut off. Okay, yeah. Um, he was at the door, and it was the crow and the broom bringing all of the wooden things that Merida had purchased. Oh, okay. So it was the, it was the uh. delivery of all of the wooden stuff. And so it was just like, you know, this little cart and then like this massive amount of wooden dolls yeah. and whatever 
What about you? What about you, Aaron? My uh, my worst thing was that the overall story felt pedestrian. Like it just felt like going from point A to point B, and that I think took me out more than anything else. It, I didn't feel like those big Pixar moments, like those big action beats that like just that feel so exuberant and ex, you know exhilarating that you just get lost in the you know just in the moment. I just didn't have many of those. I thought maybe the archery thing you know was going to pay off in some you know really cool big way and that just never happened. I don't know. That was my worst thing. Was it, it didn't just, carry beyond that. Yeah, moment. it just felt very very much like a stroll through a normal story instead of what I'm used to Pixar, which is wow, where are they taking me next? You know. Exactly. So that that was worst thing for me. Uh, I'll kick off for best things. My best thing it was the beauty. It was just from the beginning to end, just drop dead gorgeous to see on the big screen. I will ask, did you guys see it in uh, 3D or in 2D? 2D. Um, I saw it in 2D. Okay, so I'm the only one who saw it in 3D. So I will. Uh, I don't have any confirmation on this from you guys, but I think. The 3D, this is actually one of the few movies I would say you may want to see it in 2D because it's so dark. And if theaters don't get the lighting, like if they don't turn up the lamps on the 3D because the glasses dim it even more, sometimes it's hard to make out what's going on in some of the darker scenes. So Hmm. this one may be best viewed in 2D. I mean, it's gorgeous, I'm sure, either way. And I was blown away by that. That is definitely my favorite. That is what I remember most about this movie is how beautiful it was. It was so good. What about you, Danae? For me, the best thing, I'm a daughter, I have a mother, and we had a really, like, fight it out relationship, too. I have to, I have to admit, I thought of you during this movie because I know some of your past with your mom, and I thought, I wonder how deeply she's identifying with this. Yeah, we, and we were in the theater together, and so after the movie was over, we both kind of leaned forward and exchanged this look like, yep, <laughs> <laughs> we've been through this before. You know, we had to do stuff when we were growing up, like create a password that if either one of us said the secret word, this this phrase, we promised that we would turn around and walk away from each other and just cool off. And that was our promise to each like other. Like a safe word. It was a safe word. Yeah. And, and once you said it, boom. It was over, break, come back later and talk it out. Because we both just hit it hard. we That's just how our relationship was when we were younger. Um, and then we've worked through quite a few of that. And now we have a really, really great relationship where we, we talk about things very openly and, and uh, very respectfully. So we have a really, really great relationship now. But watching, you know, watching Merida, I could really identify with her. And because I'm older now, I can identify with the mother character as well. Specifically the part whenever Merida is making her speech, you know, when she's She's walked into this room where the mm. clan is all fighting and she's going to help her mom sneak upstairs so that they can save the day or whatever. And so she's so she's making a speech and the mom stops because she wants to hear Merida talk. And she's communicating through, you know, these hand gestures, paw gestures, I guess, you know, about no, don't don't say you're going to get married. I, I want you to choose this for yourself. And so I really liked when Merida realized that her mom was help letting her make the decision for herself. So even though it's still a superficial storyline, I, I really identified with kind of that moment, you know, when the mom says, OK, I know that you're doing something that you want to do and you feel is needed and I'm going to let you do it. I did love that moment. I actually did tear up during that moment. I'm glad this. I'm glad I'm back to crying at Pixar movies. At least I didn't cry anywhere during Cars too. So <laughs> not even for the wrong reasons. <laughs> not even at the pure commercialization of it. Oh, good night. Yeah. What about you, Jeremy? Uh, I would say the best thing is that I'm leaving encouraged that Pixar still does relationships better than anyone, uh, especially. 
those little dialogue-free montage moments. And I'm not even joking when I say I would watch an entire two-hour movie about a relationship between two people that didn't have any words if Pixar made it. Those moments are the realest thing in the film, and I really enjoyed them. I think they kind of did make that movie. Isn't that Wally? That is Wally. Yeah, until they get to the ship. I love Wally. Don't get me wrong. Until they get to the ship, and then all the humans start talking. And whatnot. <laughs> that was pretty daring. Anyway, they they do relationships really well. This movie, especially. So I want to finish with this because part of the Pixar experience, there are two things that happen every Pixar movie that they come out, and I want to get your opinions on these things, and we'll finish with this. The first is a teaser trailer for the next Pixar movie, which is uh, Monsters University, a Monsters Inc. sequel. Did you both see the teaser? Yes. Yes. Okay. I want to get opinions on this. Danae, we'll start with you. Meh. Jeremy? Yeah, I would agree. They're not going to they're not going to win me back by pumping out sequels even if they're awesome. I am so scared that this movie is going to be awful. I love Monsters Inc so much. And I, I just oh. I was looking at the I was watching it and the first thing I thought of was just how plastic all of the monsters looked. Yeah. You know, like in the hallway whenever they're all kind of like college partying it up and I'm like who who is your audience? You know, are you are you wanting to talk to the now college Pixar X fans or something like? Yes. Who who are, who is this for? Is this for kids? I think kids? they made it for people like us and younger who loved Monsters Inc. the first time and have kids now. Monsters Inc. is such a beautiful movie about about who Pixar is. It's a movie about how laughter is more powerful than scream. You know, it's a right. movie. Yep about how you change people and you make them, you know, dream and you give them joy. You don't try to scare them. And and I just, right. it, it's so beautifully pure. And it's like, you said it all in that movie. Right. Like, there's nothing left to be said. The, the only thing that, well, that I would want them to revisit is I want to see little Boo again because she's super cute. Like, <laughs> is she cool? Is she in college? How she, is she, she doing? She hasn't been born yet. This is a prequel. Right, this I know. But like, I would have wanted to have seen, if they oh, were going to revisit Monsters, Inc., I would want them to do something like I that. Say, they said the same thing about the Toy Story sequels that, you know, the first one covered it and was perfect and didn't need to be added on to. And I right. agree. And then the second one was even better. And then the third one came out and everybody said the same thing again. And I agreed. And then the third one was the best yet. But I still feel like I mean, neither one of the Toy Story sequels will outrank an original Pixar movie for me. It's still unnecessary, even if it's awesome. And I guess I just, I know. you know, it's like we've got a year. Exploring so. immature relationships in college. There's there's so much content already out there about that. I don't need to see it in an animated film. Pixar's Animal House? Pixel- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> so is the second oh, thing man. the little other m- yes, movie? Yes, the Pixar okay. short, of course. La Luna is the name of this one. It actually won the Oscar last year for... Did it win? I know it was nominated. I think it may have won. Uh, for Best Animated Short, uh, but they released it with this movie. It was the first time I had a chance to see it. And uh, Jeremy, we'll start with you. I'm interested to hear what you thought of the Pixar short. I always love the shorts. I really do. Some stand out more than others. But just if you take what I was saying a few minutes ago about you know dialogue-free relationship storytelling, you, you probably can guess that I really loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I absolutely... Uh, was in love with it from the first second, loved it all the way through. Uh, so simple, and yet at the same time, just the little things like the way they wore their hats and you know mm-hmm. the way they used to you know clean up objects was based on a facial feature. Just those little touches of just little Pixar genius that um, it was. I loved it. I love La Luna. It's one. Of, it goes towards the top of my Pixar shorts list. Me too. Me too. 
Pixar shorts have never let me down. The whole time, I'm like, okay, this could go in so many different directions. I'm not quite sure where they're going to land with it. Uh-huh. And then once it was over, I was like, ah. And in fact, the audience <laughs> was like, ah. You know, it's just this neat thing. I loved the the sound that the stars made. Yeah, that sound of them clinking around and being moved, and, and the way they the way they vibrated the glow when they were touched. Mm-hmm. I mean, just all those little there's the little details all through that short. I like uh, the two men don't open their eyes until the very, very end. Like, you never see their eyes. It's just those bushy eyebrows until the very, very end. And then, poof, there are their eyes and they're surprised. I thought it was great. Well, and how beautiful is that? How poetic is that? That, you know, as a, as adults, a lot of times we live life kind of with squinted eyes and eyes closed. And there's this wide-eyed boy who's experiencing yep. this new thing. For the first time. For the first time. And only when that wide-eyed boy, because he's wide-eyed or because he's, you know, willing to look, does something... That the adults go, oh, yeah, and then their eyes brighten up. You know, it's yep. kind of let the children lead them kind of moment. And he yeah. turned his hat his own way, you yeah, know, exactly. and he found his own his own way. So, yeah, that was that was an awesome way to start off the the Brave experience. Yeah, I want to see that movie and make Brave the short. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. Except for Brave was so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. One of the ways that I gauge the progression of, of animation is to see how they interact with water. Because it's one of the quickest ways for me to tell if it's cheap. Because water is so hard to animate. Um, also, fingers. I always like to look at the fingers. Interesting. So, because, you know, there's just so much that can happen in a finger. And if, if they animate a finger right, then they're, they're doing a pretty good job. But anyways, when she climbs up and she puts her hand and she scoops, she cups her hand for the waterfall, I was like, yeah, perfect. It was so well done. It is beautiful. It's so... It is. I think they'll probably put your quote on the poster. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. The DVD, there's, maybe. There's so much they can do with the fingers. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, there's the end. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's do our thank yous with our eyes closed. All right, I'm game. <laughs> are your eyes closed? Because I can't. Eyes, I, I, mine are closed. <laughs> Are yours? Uh-huh, mine are closed. Okay. I can't see anything. I can't either. Thanks for listening to another episode of Shoe the Dough. You can check out all the episodes at iTunes. You can subscribe there, comment, uh, rate us. All that stuff is important in letting others know about the podcast if you enjoy it. Uh, and thanks to iTunes for putting us in new and noteworthy. Woohoo! And uh, so to those who found us in that way, we say welcome and let us know what you think. Let us know how we could make it better, what you like, what you don't like, all that kind of stuff by emailing us at shoethedough at gmail.com. Special thanks to Jeremy Scott for joining us for another episode of Tsip Pop 88.3 The Wind for letting us use the studio and Chris Tilly of Hazo Records for the awesome intro outro music. What's up, Chris Tilly? Can I open my eyes? <laughs> no. This is hard. It's hard to keep your eyes closed. I know. So why are we doing it? It's because it's a challenge. That's why. Uh. <laughs> it doesn't sound like having a very good time. I'm not. What's wrong? I would. I like to live life with my eyes open. Okay, open them. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> oh, Jeremy, where'd you go? Dude totally bailed on us, Where'd man. You go, dude? He just totally bailed. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm back. I'm back. I'm sorry. I'm back. Back in the new I totally York. clicked the wrong button. Uh, I'm an idiot. No. I'm an idiot. You stop it.
you're not an idiot. I just clicked the exit button on the very reason I'm sitting in front of the computer. <laughs> <I'm an idiot. laughs>